Hey friends, you're listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga 960. Today's conversation is brought to you from the Lussie Revolution, a food and climate justice podcast. I'm your host, Rav, and I'm coming to you from Treaty 13 land, the traditional territories of the Wendat, Anishinaabeg, Haudenosaunee, and Mississaugas of the Credit. I recognize the many nations of Indigenous people who currently live on this land, have spent time here, and ancestors who have hunted and gathered on this land. I would also like to acknowledge the many people of African descent who are not settlers, but whose ancestors were forcibly displaced and made to work on these lands. I remain committed to both Indigenous sovereignty and Black liberation by engaging in allyship work and believe both are key aspects of our food systems and the environmental movement. Rahul, our co-host for the show, couldn't make it today, so it's just going to be me today. Um, and today I wanted to talk about food waste. So to help us explore this topic a bit, bit more, I'm joined by Monique Chan, the founder of Bruised, uh, which is a women-run startup that combats food waste through education and diverts imperfect produce away from being wasted and uses it to create yummy products uh, like cookies, chutneys, and granola alternatives. Monique, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, do you want to take a few minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners? Thanks, Rev, for the interview. Um, yeah, so like you said, my name is Monique. I'm a 25-year-old creative working in Toronto, and I am the founder of Bruised. Always just been inspired by the natural world and learning, discovering new innovations, um, that can help humans live symbiotically with our environment. Um, also a huge enthusiast of finding purpose in just about anything. So I like to challenge myself to upcycle more on the daily and um, create as little waste as possible. Um, and my main passion is surrounding plant-based cooking uh, with a focus on the issue of food waste. Um, and yeah, just pretty much your ordinary girl on the search for an, uh, solutions to these large scale issues um, through innovation and collaboration. So I'm always on the hunt for looking for more uh, ways, better ways we can um, live as humans on this earth. You are anything but ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an inspiration and you have founded this really amazing company that is having a great impact on our food systems. And we'll talk a bit more about that um, in a little bit, but first, can you tell us more about Bruised? What is Bruised all about? Yeah, so Bruised is a woman of color run startup here in Toronto. And our mission is simply to, is, uh, to embrace imperfect. And whether that be in our food or within our own daily actions, uh, I think the notion of, uh, Imperfect is something that's hard to find nowadays, especially with social media pushing this um, illusion of perfection. And uh, we're trying to break that, um, that whole cycle and tell people that it's okay to be imperfect. And that's actually how the key to uh, progressing as society and, um, and doing good for our planet. Um, so what we do at Bruised is we source second grade um, imperfect produce that, from local farms or also byproducts like juice pulp and we upcycle that into healthy plant-based um, snacks that we can share with the general public and also be as a conversation starter on how 
a lot of this food is good food. It's not necessarily waste. And uh, we need to start kind of debunking the idea of what defines food waste and the reason we're throwing so much out for, for no reason. So yeah, we just wanna highlight this in an easily digestible way. And we're doing that by trying to create more content that is um, customer friendly, that uh, helps people at home to incorporate low waste um, hacks in their own life and inspire them uh, to be change makers themselves, so. I love the emphasis of embracing the imperfect and not just in food, but really in all aspects of life and using imperfect produce to create other products is, it's not a really groundbreaking idea. I mean, many cultures and communities all around the world have been doing this for years and years, but we don't see many companies taking these practices on. So why did you start Bruised and where did this idea come from? Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I guess going back to the roots of bruised, it started back in my last year of university. I studied food waste at the University of Guelph. Um, and alongside this course that I was taking, um, I was also working at a rest, uh, multiple restaurants as either a line cook or just like someone working at like the baked goods section. And just being uh, someone that doesn't waste food <laughs> like it's nothing. I noticed these things quite uh, quickly into my job that a lot of stuff was just thrown out for no reason because it was just standard practice. You know, if muffins were baked fresh and had the notion of being freshly made um, because it was the end of day, like they wouldn't have a purpose for them because they just wouldn't resemble a fresh muffin so it would often be thrown out or um, we could take it home and then um, even working as a line cook like uh, there was just so much food being thrown out if you made a mistake on the line or um, if yeah if anything got returned or like different different reasons just even processing the the produce itself and it really just started to almost uh, create this idea of like, why is no one seeing this problem? And um, what are some solutions to it? Because uh, I think it's important to not only focus on the problem, I mean, it's important to know what the problem is, but I think uh, in, in, in addition to that, like it's very important to try to find solutions to them and how we can improve um, as uh, in the general food industry. So um, when I was, uh, in this course and working on the side, it was kind of obvious that the problem was outlining right in front of me in my side uh, part-time work. And um, I just, I needed to find a solution to it. Um, I don't think I was, I, I made some effort to try to incorporate some change in uh, those companies, but nothing really followed through. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna do it myself. <laughs> And that's kind of where Bruised was born. And um, I think it also really stemmed from my love of just creating and experimenting in the kitchen. And um, I really wanted to put that newfound love of plant-based cooking into practice. And uh, that was really uh, rekindled, I guess, through this side passion project. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure, I imagine, for line cooks and chefs to always have to create such a standard and like cookie cutter 
dish and food products. And I've, I've never worked in a kitchen, but if it's anything like farming, I imagine once you get in the kitchen, it's go, go, go. And in the moment, I'm sure there isn't a lot of time to really stop and think about, okay, this thing doesn't look perfect. It's easier just to toss it rather than like figure out what to do with it. Um, and at farmer's markets, I've, I've tried selling imperfect and I don't like calling it imperfect because it's actually perfect, but um, I've tried selling imperfect produce and people, when I explain to them that, you know, yeah, this tomato has some blemishes or it, it's not like perfectly round, but it tastes exactly the same as every other tomato and it has the same nutrients and everything like that. They like the idea of it, but I find that it's hard for them to actually buy that produce. Mm. Um, and spend money on it um, mm -hmm. so when people learn about bruised and what you're doing do you get similar reactions or is it more uh, like have you received more positive or more negative reactions from the community I think overall it's just been very positive so much support and um, specifically from customers um, they're super interested in such like a new innovative idea like I feel like we're pretty new to this kind of concept of renewing food and um, tackling this large issue so um, it's been largely positive which is great and um, I think it's also because we repurpose it into products that are familiar to people so things like granola chutneys um, spreads different uh, cookies um, it's almost like a, a softer introduction of the topic because um, they get to try our product and then we mentioned the fact that they're also you know helping reduce food waste so that almost you know adds to the feel-goodness of like the ingredients that we have in our products and I think that's also an easier way to start these conversations of like this food would have otherwise been wasted if we didn't rescue it and it should be a larger conversation for other companies to to spark and to also adopt within their their own systems. So yeah, on a, on a whole, it's just been so positive. I'm very grateful for all the support from friends and family and um, hopefully it keeps, <laughs> keeps coming, <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that people have been responding to this uh, in a positive way because we definitely need more people bringing awareness to this and doing um, some more action around it. So. You brought us some themes of um, like minimal waste, health, nourishment, sustainability in our conversation and, and online um, for, on your social media. And I'm wondering if you can share um, what your personal relationship with food is, whatever you feel comfortable sharing and how food intersects with who you are um, and how that kind of feeds into what you're trying to build at Bruised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a loaded question, but I guess um, on a whole, food definitely has played a huge part in my life, especially growing up. Um, it was something that really brought people together. You know, anytime we had relatives visiting, um, we would either cook a meal or go out to our favorite restaurants, and that was just like a must. And those moments were really special to me as a kid growing up. Um, it was also a way for me to get a taste, both literally and figuratively, of new cultures and really expand my palate to um, all the incredible dishes um, around the world. And um, also now having some experience working at farmers markets and closely with some local farms, um, I have a newfound appreciation for more local foods um, and the effort that it takes to 
really growth food from seed to plant to table, you know, and uh, there's such a long process uh, and story behind the food that we eat. And um, I think that connection has really been lost over time due to like, um, you know, just everything being accessible, like 24 seven fast food starting. And um, I think it's, I'm becoming more interested to, you know, go back to kind of like a more traditional way of uh, slow living and embracing and um, savoring every last bite and kind of a having that fuller appreciation for the food and um, everything that it provides to us. Um, you know, we as humans, we can't really survive off of food. And I, I really get super passionate about just learning more um, new things about how food plays a role in um, fueling our own health, both mentally and physically. Yeah, I hear so often from people, especially when I ask them this question, that food is kind of like a meeting space and tool for connection to communities, families, and friends. And I think that desire to kind of go back to this like grounding, slow plate, slow paced um, way of living is something that many people want. So thank you so much uh, for sharing your experience with us. Um, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in a few minutes to continue this conversation. Welcome back. You're listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga 960. Today's conversation is brought to you from the Lessie Revolution, a food and climate justice podcast. I'm your host, Rev, and today I'm joined by Monique from Bruised, and we've been talking about food waste and the role that Bruised is um, playing in this, um, in this field. So Monique, you uh, were just sharing a little bit about your personal connection to food. Um, I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit more about Bruised and specifically how you create these really amazing product products. Um, so like we've both mentioned, you create some products like uh, chutneys, cookies, granola, parfaits, and, and so much more. Can you walk us through the steps of how a product is created um, and also how you get access to these imperfect, um, the imperfect produce that you use to create the products? Yeah. Uh, do you mean like created or developed? Because I feel like I can touch on both. But um, I guess in the development phase, there's really no simple, straightforward answer to creating a product. Um, it really just goes trial, error, trial. Oh, it's all right. Trial again. Oh, yeah, like that's that's pretty good. Trial again, and it's not working. At the last trial, and then you finally like hit gold, and you have your product, and you're super confident in it. So that's kind of been. <laughs> the overall um, journey for creation of a product. Um, still in the works of um, expanding the line of products that we have, but um, like I mentioned, it's quite a long journey and uh, I'm trying to embrace it. <laughs> but um, in terms of uh, creating the products themselves that we already have, um, first it starts off with just finding the suppliers. Once we have an established recipe, I kind of reach out and go seek um, suppliers to supply all the ingredients for us. So um, for more of the fresh ingredients, like the actual imperfect fruits and the juice pulp, we source the juice pulp from a local juice bar called Fresh House Juice in Vaughan. Um, you know, as you make juice, juice pulp is a common byproduct. And with so many juice bars popping up, 
um, no one's really making use of this juice pulp. And a lot of the juice pulp still has the nutrients, of course, the fiber still intact. Um, and it's, uh, there's really so much value still left in it. So um, I figured juice pulp was a really uh, important ingredient to incorporate into our products. Um, so uh, we kind of supply from them we, uh, as, we, as we need it. And then in terms of like fresh produce, we source from local farmers. So we kind of arrange um, pickups from local uh, farmers markets that are happening in the city, um, mostly because we live in the city and not super close to their farms. And also as a way to like minimize emissions because they're already making the trip to those farms. So if we just coordinate pickups ahead of time, we can, uh, uh, pick up from them at the same time they're having their markets. And then once we have all the ingredients gathered together, um, I process them in our production kitchen and, um, and then dehydrate them or whatever process it needs. And um, yeah, kind of do the whole thing all over again, package it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it takes a lot of planning, coordinating, which I'm learning to improve on my end. But uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say there's like a straightforward um, process for everything. It's kind of like, as we need things, we like reach out. I think for us in terms of like our, the way our business is structured and sourcing imperfect and byproduct kind of ingredients, um, there's often that inconsistency of, um, supply. So we do have like a very long list of suppliers, which is also great because that's really allowed us to expand our, the relationships we have with local suppliers and farms. And, um, make ensures that we we don't uh, we aren't falling short on certain ingredients when we do have to develop a certain amount of product at the end of the day so yeah flexibility is so important when you're running your own business and especially when you're working with food because I mean unfortunately where we live there are things that are in season things that are not in season so that flexibility is needed in any any food business um, especially when you're working with local food. So there's lots of things we can do in our personal lives um, and in our households to combat food waste. Um, but tackling food waste only through these personal actions is not enough. We, we need systemic changes alongside the personal action. Um, so before we get more into uh, what systemic changes and personal changes we can do to tackle food waste, can you kind of tell us more about why food waste is an issue in the GTA and how it impacts our food systems? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in North America alone, 186 million tons of food is wasted, lost and wasted generally uh, each year, and it could have fed 160 million people. Um, so these stats really just stand out to me because there's such a huge gap between this large impact of um, us uh, creating food waste and then people that actually need nutritious food who aren't getting it. And um, I think it's, it's not just a problem that we see across the world, but in our own backyards. And it's important to realize this and also address that this issue is linked to a lot of different factors like our environment as well. Um, a lot of the food waste ends up in landfills, um, which isn't disposing of it properly. And this as a result creates methane gas, which is you know, 32%, 32 times, I think, more potent than CO2 uh, emissions. Um, so not only is it having a lot of social impacts, but also a lot of environmental impacts. Um, 
And uh, it's a very multifaceted issue that also involves just not even the food being wasted, but also the resources, money, um, labor spent from farm to table. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a big problem, but I think um, it's important to not get overwhelmed when you're like looking at a problem like this and seeing the scope of it. And um, I think even with us as, as a small company, like we, the best way to make change is to make the most with what you have. And, um, and it's also rooted in education. So, you know, we're trying to grow our community to spread the education of why food waste is important and how we have the ability to make a difference as individuals. Um, and um, I think those small impacts and uh, small, I guess, that small growth of uh, our community is what really is going to make a larger impact in the long run um, versus trying to do it all ourselves. It's, it's more of a collective effort. Yeah, thank you for kind of laying those stats out and giving, giving us examples of why and how food waste is an issue in the GTA. And my next question is kind of has two parts because now I'm curious if, if our goal is to eliminate food waste or if it's just to decrease food waste. So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts around like what are what we should be working towards in terms of food waste. Um, and then also what actions or changes either personal on the personal or systemic level do you think are needed to achieve that goal? Yeah, so I think um, a lot of people don't know that food waste is actually uh, a mix of both food that is like, I guess there's a difference, I guess, between food waste and food loss. So food loss is usually food that is just like, it, it has to be, it, you can't really consume it. Um, food waste is all, is kind of created from, you know, an abundance of food, um, food that, you know, is just being uh, tossed for, you know, uh, market standards. Um, so there's, there's different factors uh, surrounding the terminology. And um, I don't necessarily know if we can abolish food waste altogether, because it's, that's pretty idealistic. And I, I mean, I hope we could, but I think um, in the age we are in now and like what we have, uh, it's important to move towards uh, a more circular economy. So finding solutions on what, how we can reduce the amount of waste, but also reuse the waste and, and see value in it um, before throwing it out. Um, you know, so some waste like, um, like animal bones or like different things that you can't really consume. How can we like circulate, circulate that back to, um, farms or like kind of bring all that, all those nutrients that were grown from the earth and put them back into the earth. Um, I think you probably know this as a farmer, like healthy soil is, is, the key to to growing anything and um i think just kind of making a connection of moving towards a circular economy and finding uh purpose in the things that we're throwing out today um is what we should maybe focus on um yeah and i think uh i guess some i guess going back to the question i think you mentioned what we can do as individuals as well 
And um, I strongly believe in the individual impact on the system because everything I think is, we as customers have a strong impact on the entire system. Like everything is kind of revolving around us. So once that demand changes um, within us as consumers, it's kind of like a ripple effect and that will really make a large change in the long run. Um, and I think that will happen by people changing the perception they have of food to begin with. Um, you know, if that perception that a misshapen apple is okay to eat, there'll be more demand for that produce. There'll be less waste in grocery stores. They'll probably start sourcing more like kind of cutting, um, cutting down the restrictions of like the standards they have for, for market produce. Um, and that's like a small start to kind of reducing waste on the whole food system. So I think we really have more power than we think we do as consumers and um, the small changes is in what we demand. Uh, but also if, if we wanna see it as an individual level, we can also do our best as, as people to reduce waste in our own life. So, you know, looking up different ways to use different parts of the produce that we buy, or even just planning out our week to ensure we only buy what we need and don't um, over consume or overbuy, um, which usually results in you having excess food at the end of the week and then usually going through your fridge and finding rot and stuff. Um, so I think prevention is also a, a key um, factor to helping reduce waste in, uh, in our own life and in general is just to have a better plan in place so that food doesn't end up uh, at the point where it's rotting or not edible because it's really, uh, once you have those things in place, I think that is what will allow you to get back on track to having a little bit less of a uh, overall waste in, in general. Yeah, thanks for clarifying uh, the difference between food loss and food waste. I think that's really important to distinguish those two. Um, and also for mentioning the circular food economy, that's such a big concept that's being talked about now. And I encourage any listeners who are interested in learning more about the circular food economy to Google it. And um, yeah, there's some really great research and articles um, that folks can uh, tune into to learn more about that topic. Um, we are going to take another short break, but we'll be back in a few minutes to continue this conversation. You're listening to Peel Matters on News Talk Saga 960. Today's conversation is brought to you from the Lessie Revolution, a food and climate justice podcast. I'm your host, Rav, and today I'm joined by Monique from Bruised, and we've been talking about food waste. So Monique, I want to focus a little bit more on your um, kind of journey with creating Bruised. Um, I think it's so great to see a company that is women run. And um, also you mentioned how you are a of color, um, of color business. Um, and I think that's um, inspiring a lot of people in our community, whether it's to start their own businesses or just to know that um, they can do something similar to this. So when you were starting your, you know, this business and becoming a food entrepreneur, um, what were some challenges that you experienced or maybe are experiencing still? Oh yeah, there's a long list of those, but I think a main challenge is just, um, I think in every individual, we all have certain 
skills that we're good at and certain skills that we lack. And I'm definitely lacking in the business and, you know, finance kind of area of things. Um, so a lot of these, a lot of these skills are kind of key to running a business and, uh, whether you like them or not, you have to do them. And, um, yeah, that, that was definitely a huge challenge in the beginning, but I think to overcome that, you know, it's just learning new skills and pushing yourself to, um, outside of your, your comfort zone of, of what you already know, because it's, uh, yeah, it's never too late to learn any new skill. And also another large challenge we had, uh, just in terms of our the way our business is structured was just like I was saying earlier, earlier the consistency of um, the produce we were getting. Because, because, sorry, I'm missing up my words right now. But um, when we were in the early stages of developing our products and um, kind of trying to figure out a system where. Um, we had a product and then we had to find suppliers. That was a pretty long process because we just needed to ensure we wouldn't run out of ingredients. And I think that's a problem that a lot of food businesses don't have to face because, you know, you don't, if you're not sourcing imperfect, you don't necessarily have to, um, you know, search for the ingredients, you kind of just order and then you have everything. But for us, we just really had to expand our supplier line and um, that was really the only solution uh, that we have right now just so we had uh, more options to choose from uh, in terms of sourcing um, but yeah those were probably the two biggest challenges that I had to face it can be really hard identifying challenges sometimes so I uh, thank you for reflecting on that and what has your biggest um, learning curve been with bruised uh, so biggest learning curve has probably been um, the importance of collaboration. Uh, I think we often underestimate how much other people want to help us. And honestly, Bruce has been built on this foundation of just collaborating and connecting with other people in our community. Um, and we've just received sometimes I just get so emotional because it's like, how are these people so nice? Like everyone just wants to help us. And it, it's just such a beautiful thing that we can still connect in that way and, and, and give back. Um, and I just, I'm so incredibly grateful to have the amount of support that we did from um, now friends uh, who are in our community, um, our own suppliers, uh, a lot of other businesses that have helped us just to to grow brews to where it is today. Um, so that has just been a huge uh, learning curve for us is to not be afraid to reach out for collaboration and, um, and also just tapping into the available resources that you have in wherever you are. Um, so for that, for us, that was just like looking into, you know, more uh, uh, social innovation kind of, um, projects, collectives that were happening in our area that allowed us to reach out to more resources and connections and kind of like grew from there. And um, yeah, it was a very good use of just Google, <laughs> just looking up things. <laughs> yeah, Google is my best friend sometimes. <laughs> and collaboration is so important, I think, in any business and in any field, really. 
Um, so what are your future goals um, with Bruised and, and where do you want to see Bruised go in the next few years? Well, that's a, I always have a lot of plans for my future, but um, I, I think for Bruised, uh, I would love to see it grow uh, to have a larger impact by us growing and uh, being found in different stores, uh, potentially across Canada. And, and the dream is just to kind of see Bruised as um, a very modular system that can be adapted in, we're in different um, cities, uh, because I, I don't think there's a shortage of food waste going on across the country. And um, if we can just be the start of this new revolution and, and shifting the way our food systems run. That is definitely the dream. Um, that's a very large goal that I have for Bruised and I'm, I'm working on it to make that happen. Um, future goals as well would also be to kind of incorporate now that COVID's hopefully coming, dying down a little bit, I hope, um, but incorporating more in-person events um, where we can kind of share skills and, and knowledge with uh, people in our community. Um, we did do one workshop uh, a few, uh, probably two years ago, where we got some donations of, you know, imperfect produce from local farmers. And then um, we created the workshop around like uh, low waste tax in the kitchen. Uh, and in, in addition to this, we were making a meal uh, from, all the ingredients that we got. And at the end, we were able to share the meal with everyone. And I think um, kind of bringing it back to the question of my relationship with food, uh, I really just believe in the importance of, you know, rekindling that connection to food um, as humans. And uh, I would really love to kind of grow brews beyond just a business selling a product, but, you know, creating communities that um, come together and talk about these issues, find solutions to problems, and also get to enjoy great food um, and, and learn something new. So uh, I, yeah, the, the dream is just to continue doing what we're doing and uh, grow our community, spread the education and uh, continue embracing Imperfect. Those are amazing dreams and I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you and we'll definitely um, attend any events that you may plan, hopefully in the new future. Uh, so we talked about the importance of personal and collective action. So after this conversation we're having today, what is one thing our listeners can do right away um, to tackle an issue of food waste, either personally or something they can do as a collective action to uh, influence larger systemic change around food waste? Uh, I think personally, some, a first step that someone could take would just be uh, to maybe look in your garbage can, you know, like what are you creating um, as waste uh, as on an individual level and then kind of working backwards in that way. So once you identify the problem being like, what are alternative uses that I can do with certain things that I'm throwing out on a regular, on a regular basis. So, you know, doing your own research on different recipes that you can incorporate uh, different produce in, you know, like carrot greens or, I don't know, I guess eggshells people might have um, often, but yeah, just, I guess, addressing what problem there is in your own life or in your own community 
and then working backwards and, and trying to find solutions in that way, I think kind of helps to get the ball rolling. Um, and what else, I guess, surrounding yourself with, uh, with other like-minded people in the community. So there's so many resources online that um, share, you know, low waste hacks on um, reducing food waste at home and also just provide really great recipes on things that you can uh, create with those um, ingredients. So um, yeah, looking, surrounding yourself with people that support you on this mission to reduce waste and, um, and, and just uh, kind of cultivating a space for yourself to um, incorporate these practices more in your daily life. Thank you for those suggestions. Um, so before you share all the social links where people can find you after this, is there any last message you would like to leave our listeners with or any last thing you want to share? Yeah, for sure. I think um, a key takeaway from all this is just embracing imperfect. Um, you know, it's our motto for a reason. And it's, it's just the only way we can make change is to take that first step. And it's not about you doing low waste perfectly. It's about you just taking the initiative and um, the time to, to make those changes. And whether that be, you know, spending one day each, taking one day out of your whole week to, to reduce waste in, in whatever way, whether that be like playing around with a recipe from, you know, some kale stems that you had or um, reducing, reducing your own waste by upcycling and into something that's like an art project or something you can use around the house. I think those small steps is, are what um, create long-term habitual change. Um, and it's not about, you know, a couple handful of people doing imperfect, uh, doing low waste perfectly. It's about millions of us doing low waste imperfectly. And um, yeah, that's just something that's really helped me is to let go of this idea that uh, we, we can't even start because we, we aren't perfect and we, we don't have the tools to um, fully execute something in a, in a certain way that we imagine. And if I stuck with that way of thinking, I wouldn't have started Bruce. So I think it's just, uh, it's a really important um, lesson that I've learned. And I really hope people take that away from this chat today. Yeah, perfect is boring. So I agree. Let's, <laughs> let's embrace imperfect a bit more. Yeah, that was so two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So after this conversation, uh, where can our listeners connect with you to learn more and support your work? Yeah, so we're mainly active on our Instagram account, which is bruised co uh it's spelled b-r-u-i-z-e-d-c-o um so you can find us there um we love to share uh low waste hacks um other initiatives that are also uh sharing our mission of reducing food waste and just keeping you up to date on what we're doing um uh, you can also find us on facebook with the same um username as well as Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, TikTok. Um, and yeah, more content on those platforms to come. But uh, yeah, in general, Bruised Co is uh, the social handle that you can find us at. I think I also, I, I would like to mention that um, you can also find us at bruised.com. We recently launched a e-commerce site 
um, where you can find our products and also, you know, blog posts and Cool. Thanks for sharing those. I will include all the social links and the website for Bruised and Monique in our episode notes for any listeners who want to connect. Monique, thank you so much for chatting with me today and teaching us about food waste. Um, It's really amazing to see all the work you're doing with Bruised and in your personal life to tackle food waste. And I'll definitely be moving forward, uh, trying to embrace imperfect a little more in my life. And for our listeners, in the last few minutes we have together, I wanted to do a selfless plug for myself. Um, So if you're familiar with who I am, you know that I run a super cool farm and food and climate justice organization in Peel. And the past few weeks, I've been super, super busy at my farm in Caledon, getting everything ready and planted. And I'm super excited because things are finally ready to eat. So if you're looking to shop local, eat local, uh, support local and young and new farmers, I invite you to check out and buy all the yummy produce that I have. Um, I'll be at the Erin Mills Farmer's Market, which is in Mississauga at Erin Mills and Winston Churchill every other Thursday. The next time I will be there is Thursday, July 8th between 3 and 7 p.m. I'm expecting to have some uh, green onions, callaloo, Swiss chard, kale, spinach, arugula, and so many more things. So um, I hope you're able to make it. If you are not able to make it to the market, I do also have an online store where you can purchase produce and either pick it up or have it delivered within Mississauga. And you can go to shadeofmitti.ca for that online farm store. That's it for today, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation. As always, you can subscribe to the Lussie Revolution podcast anywhere you can find podcasts and connect with me, Rav, your host, at shadeofmitti.ca or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at shadeofmitti. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.